The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Hey there, Discovering Trek listeners. Casey here with Sarah, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the First Frontier. We're about to chat about Enterprise, Episode 4, Strange New World. It aired way back in 2001, October-ish, I believe. So if you haven't watched it, then it's really strange that you're listening to this podcast at all. Please go back, hit up Paramount+, Plus, watch the episode, come right back here, listen to us. And guess what? That's it. That's your non-warning spoiler warning. So before we discuss Strange New World, we always want to hear from our listeners about their thoughts on everything Enterprise. So how can they get in touch with us for their thoughts on this first season of Enterprise? If you're looking to get in touch with us, there's a bunch of ways you can do that. Of course, you can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact and find a variety of ways to get us your thoughts. And on Twitter or Facebook, all you have to do is search for Discovering Trek. We welcome all of your questions and comments. You can also leave us a voicemail by visiting our website at trekgeeks.com and click on the big blue button. It doesn't look like pizza. It looks like a big blue button. So please remember, though, any comments you leave us might be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. We did it. For all you yeah. listeners, that was a struggle because I forgot to edit my de- my my script and it was all referring to TV show Discovery, not Enterprise. Oopsies. And I was like, oh, and that's not the right episode. And oh, I didn't do my homework properly. But I think I covered it pretty well. And I'll fully admit my error. It's okay. <laughs> We're only human. Hey, hey. So that's slices true. of pie. Pizza pie. I know. I'm so jealous. You've got pizza going on right now. It's like, that sounds delicious. And speaking of delicious, Sarah, mm-hmm. what what was your thoughts? How mm. many pie slices do you give this episode? I'm going to finish chewing my pizza right now, and I'm mm. going to be professional here. I gave this episode five out of oh. six slices of pie. I really liked this episode. It was spooky. kind of had an X-Files feel to it, because I remember an episode on X-Files that was kind of like this. And I like the way Archer took charge, making sure that uh, Trip didn't shoot to Paul. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good save. <laughs> it was a nice save. You did your uh, job finally. <laughs> right? Mm. I concur with you here. Uh, five out of six slices of pie. I love ghost stories. Um, and this episode pretty much had a fun vibe to it. Um, I'm not sure if my rank of pies is high this week because of the actual episode or because this episode was way better to me than the other so far. Yeah. But we'll, we'll find out about, you know, our thoughts. And if our pie slices concur with our thoughts. But I'm going to give you a little episode recap right now. I'm excited for this. And since we've decided to shove ourselves in a corner, (laughs) (laughs) big stuff, here we go. We're we're rhyming again. 
All it's right, going to be, this is our moneymaker, man. This book of poems is going to get <laughs> us some serious, I mean, what's the big award you get as a writer? You know, like a Peabody or something? I see it. Okay. That'd be great. <laughs> Residuals for decades to come. So here we go, everybody. The NX-01 comes upon a mysterious planet. To Paul suggests patience, while Archer declares, we're going, damn it! Cutler and the others listen to Travis's ghostly tale by the fire when a blustery wind envelops the camp, creating quite the quagmire. While T'Pol looks on without fear or a shrug, Tucker loses his freaked out by a bug. A pod tries to land, but a rock face it scrapes with a crash. Would not have happened if the captain had listened instead of acting so rash. What quickly ensues are accusations and confusion, all due to a pollen, which causes paranoid delusion. A crewman gets beamed up, one, two, three. Now he's part man, and literally part tree. Archer hatches a sneaky plan to get Trip to lower his gun. Luckily for Tucker, T'Pol's face pistol was set to stun. In the cave, they are all saved by a medical shot administered by T'Pol, a human. She is not. Some of the crew come off kind of stupid. But do we see something start? Thanks to little old Cupid? Bravo. That oh. was great. We've really set ourselves up for some, this is a delight each episode. <laughs> I've already got mine written for the next episode and I'm excited. Like this is a challenge I'm enjoying. Phew. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Head in the homework. Yeah. yeah. It is you kind know. of an enjoyable thing. And then kind of, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> It gets a little frustrating in there with some words. I find I use a lot of the same simple words because they're easy. They have lots of rhymes. Cat, hat, sat, bat. None of the, there's no cat or bat in this episode, but I'm finding a way to use it. (laughs) Oh, I love it. For for the sake of rhyming, there's no dog on the ship. There's a cat. And um, (laughs) although dog, log, pog. Pog. I gotta remember Frog. that. Frog. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You've set yourself up nicely. All right, Porthos. Oh. You need an episode, bud. I'm li- I'm waiting for you. <laughs> oh. That was awesome. Thank you. Oh, hey, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Here to serve. Mm-hmm. But hey, what are what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this episode, my friend? Okay, I gave it five out of six because I did like the episode, but I do still have some um, issues. With a few things. Mm, yeah. Like, I I get what they're trying to do with throwing it in our face that this is pre-TOS and early on in technology. But the camera and the baseball caps <laughs> and reading books. I was like, are you going to go back from the 90s to the 80s to the 50s too? Like, what's with the, like, Yeah, it was... When this was done, we had fancier cameras than that. Basically right? a Polaroid digital. Like It was brutal. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I find it all kind of silly to see all that kind of stuff. But that's just my opinion. It's no different than the CD tower I tweeted out the other week. I'm like, it's legit a it's CD legit. tower. Yeah. <laughs> like, it what is. is this? Uh, yeah. No, that all makes sense. It's, um, I keep wondering yeah they were like how how do we ground this how do we ground it how do we make it so that you know it's more like how people are right now um and boy yeah when that camera came out i was out of the episode instantly i was just like real wow huh yeah okay 
That scene um, got me for two reasons. One, I hated the camera, and two, I hated Archer telling to Paul to smile. Uh, <laughs> uh, How dare you? The the writing on this was mm. yeah, you know, mm. they just keep I I keep wondering how they were either trying to pull in some of Bakula's charm that you saw in other projects or a little more lightheartedness or mm. something, but it's like, nah, this is just coming off snarky Annoying. and sexist and... Yeah. Unwelcome. And it's funny because, like, this whole first half of the episode, I was just still on that kind of arms crossed, snarling, like, don't like this guy. I don't like he really redeemed himself at the end of the episode. But in the beginning, mm-hmm. between the telling her to smile and putting his arm around her, like kind of bugging her about the whole photo, allowing his dog to go on the mission to start. I mean, it was just extremely unprofessional at the whole beginning that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. man, this guy is a dud. I would not want to be serving under this captain. I I hear you. Um, all of that, and I mean, all right, you 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 bring your pup. You you really don't know what's on this planet, and like a dog isn't just going to go sniff or step into anything and everything. And did they did they decon Portos coming up? Yeah, because I doubt it. Please, uh, you know whatever it is, and yeah, you know, yeah. Also, I'd like. Hey, you're 15 minutes late, Captain. To, right. You know where we're all supposed to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, why am I having to babysit you? Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be setting a tone, and yeah. he's not. People are looking yeah. up to him, and he's all Mister. Got my baseball cap and my camera. You're not on vacation, dude. Yeah. You shouldn't even be on that planet. Right. And and the hey, we want to camp here with these these others that are actually working. Oh, sure. That's fine. Yeah, have a no, vacation. no, no worries. When, what was it? An episode earlier? He wasn't yeah. wanting trip to go anywhere because anywhere. the ship is new. Yeah. So. Flippy floppy. Yeah. Oh but my gosh. We can take that and we can move it on over to how he did redeem himself because there are some great scenes and Archer had some great moments like his play acting Mm-hmm. to save the crew. I thought that was a really good move. It was on the feet. It was smart. And it was like, I liked it. I thought that was a good way to kind of weasel through the storyline of what was going on. What did you think? I th- I think so too. Cause it's like, why is this guy captain? Mm-hmm. So you have to show some good redeeming qualities mm-hmm. and with him thinking on his feet and just, you know, basically scrambling to cover, mm-hmm. uh, decisions and then making much better decisions and thinking of what will work the best with this guy on the planet that I've known for quite some time mm-hmm. and realizing that T'Pol is smart enough to figure out what what the heck's going on mm-hmm. and you know doing everything and working the where she's you know speaking Vulcan so Trip doesn't know what the heck is going on? Um, yeah, Archer comes through here mm-hmm. and even, you know, shows a, a, a bit of bravery of, you know, bringing the, the shuttle pod down in that, you know, crazy storm and trying. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to try to get down there and and save my crew and and do what needs to be done. You know, that's when, like you said, there's the the, the spark of... This character mm-hmm. go well 
I want to see more of this guy. Yeah. That would be lovely. And hey, what about Travis? I love that this dude is an exquisite storyteller. Just pulls that campfire ghost story and he kind of d- dives into the rhythm and going to be mm-hmm. talking a little bit lower to bring everybody, you know, closer in and closer in. And I was like, oh man, I love, I would love to hear a lot more of what he's lived through, you know, Boomer. And um, yeah, could be writing kids, supernatural books, Travis's terrestrial tales <laughs> brought to you by Camp Crystal Entity, something like that. I don't Perfect. know. I love it. Right. I want the t-shirt. But it was like, hey, here's here's a crew person that we kind of know with two other crew people we don't know mm-hmm. at all. And it's like, well, let's develop who the main cast is mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. And I thought that scene and that scene went on for a lot longer than I thought it would. Yeah. I mean, they they went in. Yeah. I like that scene too because I thought that was that's the T'Pol that I like too. Not completely overdoing the annoyed, mm-hmm. but just kind of sitting there like, God, like here we go again. Like just quietly like thinking to herself, why am I here? Like this is ridiculous. But it was just so <laughs> yeah. well done. Like just the visual of it, them there and her just kind of sitting off to the side. Like that whole scene, yeah. I think is just really well played out. I liked it. It's it was very was. realistic. She was the she was the adult at camp making sure yeah. she's the head counselor at that yeah. time. And it's like, okay, she's going to make sure nothing bad happens there. Oh, man. Yeah. And we had two new people we've never seen before. Cutler and what, like, I say this guy's name, Novakovich or Novakovich mm-hmm. or Novakovich. whichever way, Novakovich. Yeah. And it's like, um, I really thought they were going to be fodder. Yeah. I, I thought they were going to be killed. It's like, oh, you've introduced these two. Yeah, so you can go. kill people off. Red shirts. Yeah. yeah. Nobody cares about. They didn't die. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get more of them in the future. And I thought or... that Novakovich had, and I, I didn't, I totally thought he had. And then at the end there, you get that little bit of a surprise from, was Dr. Fox that was kind of saying like, oh, he came out of it. Or they told them when they were coming back up, like, but I thought when Flo- yeah. Fox was given the update to Archer, he was like, yeah, we lost him. And I was like, oh. Oh, well, so, you know, when you, you so beam in. Demon tree into yourself and (laughs) (laughs) oh classic all right oh you know what time it is tool time (laughs) (laughs) tell me maybe oh it's time to talk about our friends at fan sets oh my goodness gracious discovering listeners we're taking this moment to thank our friends over at fan sets for being the exclusive sponsor on discovering track You know, they're always working to put out the best product available and to continue to surprise us and delight us with new designs, product releases, and just amazing stuff. There's some great new Trek products out. Make sure you go back to Fansets every single week and see what's been released. Plus, they have tons of non-Trek stuff like Harry Potter, DC Comics, the world of Irwin Allen, Ultraman, Scooby-Doo. Come on, go get them. There's tons of pins and accessories for you at fansets.com. So boot up the internet, use all your senses, navigate their website, put a ton of stuff in your cart, and then enter the special code word discovering trek in all caps, no spaces at checkout, and get an amazing 10% off your entire order. And right now, 
Fansets is giving listeners of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network the exclusive opportunity to help select the next pin in their Women of Trek collection. Folks who vote will also be entered in a random drawing to win a Women of Trek master set and a full set of the Series 2 pins. So go to trekgeeks.com slash vote and vote. Winner will be selected on April 1st. And this is not an April Fool's joke, people. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Woohoo! Very mm-hmm. nice. All right. I can I can I can smell something's a cooking. I can I mm, not quite sure what it is, but it sure smells like it might be chef special of the day. Mm, what's on the menu? Well, on the menu today, I checked it out, and I think we need to talk about a southern boy from Florida being so freaked out by a bug. Mm. I mean, uh, isn't Trip? Isn't he used to gators, snakes, all that kind of creepy crawly stuff? <laughs> and uh, I felt I I didn't know what to make of that character development. There was it. I yeah. I think that whole the whole introduction of the creepy crawlies for him and for the entomologist that went down and it was swiping away at bugs yet she's supposed to care uh-huh. about <laughs> both of them had a little bit of a thing but for trip i thought it was i don't know i kind of liked it it's kind of like a when you look at the episode as a whole the way it sets him up is like you know he's so scary at the end of that episode where you think he's gonna mm-hmm. kill and he's mm-hmm. he's out for blood but it's also like he's also easily scared so is his anger fear-based is it rational is it not rational i think it was a i don't know i think he probably didn't do all that much of swamp animal gator wrestling that we thought we did i think there's a little bit of talk there what do you think i think so too because i mean travis in that tent is just like looking at him like seriously dude Mm. it's you know okay it's a bug to fall in her tent with her do you require assistance like she's so done i love it i would have been the same way it was perfect i was laughing that's the one where you're laughing at somebody but you don't laugh at them and you're like hey do you need any help yeah you okay there you okay there big fella you seem to be overreacting friend (laughs) yeah that might be an issue oh my goodness so yeah i found that very funny and then um, going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, um, what did you think about, you know, four, four episodes in or so, we're introducing two new cast members right at the beginning of the episode, okay? And uh, why, why these two who don't, from my point of view, don't serve a narrative purpose that couldn't have been filled by two other of the main characters to get to know everybody deeper. What did you think about these two newbies? I liked them. I didn't think it was too strange because I find it more strange when a crew is new and the captain's sending down all the most important people <laughs> to a planet I know nothing about. That's a little bit more of a risk, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, and an entomologist is, it's no different than uh, Keiko going on a couple of trips because she's the botanist. We need a specialist for some plants. Like, that. these people have jobs to do and they deserve a chance to rank up. And so getting experience is the way to rank up. And so I thought it was a good... I'm, I like a big crew. That's I what I like. I, I, I often like a lot of the side characters 
in, in mm-hmm. shows. I don't, I don't need to, I, I liked the Guinans and the Chief O'Briens and TNG. And I liked, you know, Discovery's got a huge cast of characters. And I like the, the Jet Renos and the people that come in a little bit because they just bring out something else maybe to help someone's main character's storyline kind of get changed. And, and yeah, I thought it was a, I think that if they weren't there, it would have been like, let's say it was, um, oh no, what's his name? I'm, I'm um, Dominic Keating's character. Malcolm. Malcolm. Malcolm yeah, like if Malcolm and Hoshi were down there, and it would just be like, okay, like, are they all yeah. going to be a risk at dying? Like, what would have been Hoshi's purpose to go? Yeah. What would have been Reed's purpose to go? There's a definite bleed of responsibilities, depending on which character is doing something that mm-hmm. I've found that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And um, I was glad that these characters didn't die off, mm-hmm. hoping that then they do build more of the world on that ship for us in the future, yeah. like you're saying. And I mean, you see other people in the background on the bridge, not a lot, but a few. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, what, what's going to happen here? And like you said, yeah, when you can build depth and richness through other characters and not just use them to bring them up to kill them off. It's like, mm-hmm. that would be wonderful. Yeah, especially because this show is setting the precedent of being the first. So they're the first Starfleet ship to be going out there. So everybody on that ship is the first in their family mm-hmm. is the first in that graduating class is, this is a big deal for every person on that ship. And I think that that means that each of those people should have a little bit of time. Because yeah. it's a huge deal for all of them. It's not the Enterprise where it's like, this is the 47th Enterprise and we're just doing what we always do. <laughs> and we get in a couple of battles and we do a couple of things. Or Deep Space Nine, people have always lived on this and now we're switching it up. It's like Discovery. Like I really hope that we get to see even more of the people who went 900 years into the future and gave up everything. Because that's a huge thing that affects everybody on that ship. Right? right. Oh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. And that's that's would be lovely i mean i don't know what is the crew complement for this enterprise like 83 people Mm -hmm. or 85 something like that Mm -hmm. yeah so plenty of opportunities for stories i hope so an investment in other characters it's it's a bonding thing it's no different than COVID 19 everyone in the world is dealing with this so everybody in the world can relate to other people in other parts of the world about this is something that we're all struggling with so it's just like all these people on the ship, they're all together experiencing the same thing for the first time. And it's, it, it should bond them and bring them together more. So I hope that as somebody who hasn't seen the other seasons, I hope we could see more of these random people come in and come out, but I don't know. I'm not, I don't have too many big expectations. I, I see your face and I'm thinking I should just shut up right now. <laughs> no, I, I, I keep catching myself to not say things yeah. so that you experience the episodes. Yeah. Uh, without any shading of any kind from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, also that things go into my mind of, boy, wouldn't it have been great if they had done blank? Right. Instead of whatever. So, okay, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to zip it. <laughs> you must zip it. Boom, 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 boom. Are we going to the Enterprise Fun House? <laughs> I think so. I found a couple of goofs courtesy of Internet Movie Database. 
And then I'm going to jump at you with a last minute um, Sarah's question corner. Ooh, all right. Possibly. We'll see. All right. As they leave the shuttle after landing on the planet, a house appears to be within the trees <laughs> in the background to the left. <laughs> I got to oh go back God. and look for that. I, I have to look at that too. Wouldn't <laughs> that have been funny if the house was there the whole time and right? their scanners were just kind of screwed up and they look and they go, hey, check out that cool cabin. We could have stayed in that. Oh, this is the start of Voyager. <laughs> I'm so confused. They're having a hoedown. And, um, the clearing in the closing scene shows lawnmower lines. So whoever yeah. lives in that house was recently doing some lawn maintenance. Very, I think it's a very uh, tedious job to mow that lawn. And after you're done with it, you just go back to the cabin. You have, you pop a few road sodas and you call it a day. And if there's unwelcome visitors, you don't answer the door. Mm -hmm. And he's like, nah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. When Trip is shouting at T'Pol in the cave, all of his lines echo except for one, which not only sounds different, but is missing the echo because it was redubbed in post-production. I did not catch that at all. I didn't. That is such a subtle (laughs) error. I was I was too into looking for all the rock people and where were they going to come up from? Did you notice any um, other little um, items that you thought were kind of silly, like how I mentioned the book and the baseball caps and cameras? Was there anything else that maybe I didn't catch? I thought by then we would have had a major advancement in tents. Because <laughs> yeah. those just looked... Okay, you weren't ready for, you know, hurricane tornado type winds coming up and all that, but it just looked like, wow, um, these are super flimsy. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't feel protected in them in any way mm-hmm. at all. And darn it, aren't, aren't we in the future now? Shouldn't mm-hmm. we have something that would be like a uh, very easy, semi-rigid structure to be able to to put up some kind, yeah, um, or or Stay in just the even thing, yeah, or people saying you know just regular camping, maybe not setting up camp in the middle of a clearing, yeah, maybe closer to other things that can block wind or you know if you have to put your food up high so bears don't get to it. Something like that. I I yeah. didn't see anything else. How about you'd think uh, that they would have you know? something that was like heated? Like they shouldn't be set, right? starting a fire on a planet right? that maybe has never seen fire before. We don't know this planet is used to four elements. Like you know what I mean? Like oh, you know, maybe we go to a planet we burn wood and it's actually a catastrophic like result of doing that. Like right? Yeah. Hey, you know, maybe. maybe just have a heated tent. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like a Harry Potter tent. It doesn't need to have four floors and a fireplace. But I mean. Something would be good. <laughs> like, Sentient uh, trees did not appreciate that fire. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. That was interesting. Uh, it just feels to me like the writers <laughs> made a mistake when they were doing stuff, thinking like, okay, this is an early show. This has to be, this has to be like old school, but not older than two thousand and one. <laughs> yeah. Like it's supposed to be earlier than TOS. Like I just felt like in some ways they were going backwards from the date they were working, not the date of the future. Do you know what I mean? Like, Uh, I'm never going to get those speakers and CDs. I'm never going to get over it. I want a tattoo of that CD tower as my homage to Enterprise. Wow. Okay. (laughs) On your forehead, I'll pay for it. 
But other than that, <laughs> oh my goodness. I, yeah, also the, uh, I, I kind of, I love the convenience of the cave mm. being, you know, mm-hmm. nearby-ish and, you know, being in there and it's, it's, you know, it's a nice, it's a spooky episode. It's a it creepy episode yeah. and caves that big, you know, supposedly no life forms or whatever, but there are, there's, you know, bugs and such. So what, what's living in there? This is also the thing that kind of bugs me about the technology in this show. Uh, first it was the, um, actually this is the next episode. So I'm going to, cause I'm getting ahead of myself, but it, but it plays into this is the whole, um, how do they know that they're so new and everything's brand new and their sensors don't detect anything? How do we know that their sensors are able to pick up what could be a different type of life form? I mean, right. it's like their translator they have on the ship. It's like, oh, wow, like it's better than anything that it, it just seems to be very, very convenient. And I wouldn't personally, uh, yeah. if I was on that ship and it said, oh, the sensors detected life forms, I'd be like, well, like it's like, yeah, well, maybe let's sure? get a visual. And see what it is. Take our time, like the Vulcans do. Maybe do a couple of geo surveys or something. Right. Uh, Okay. So this comes a little bit of patience. (laughs) A little bit of patience. So here's my question, and this is a good, like, not serious, but like, I think it's a good question. I'm and I'm very proud of myself for coming up with it on the fly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you, Casey Shafsky, uh huh, were to Paul, like that was your your job was to be that science officer, you were the second in command or whatever. How would you have dealt with that whole bringing my dog? We're going to rush and go down there. I'm 15 minutes late. What would you have done? Nip that in the bud from, from point zero of Mm -hmm. just like, no, that, that is, you know, captain, that's irresponsible. Mm. We have no idea what we could be getting people into. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, be adult about this and show some patience mm-hmm. and run some tests. The planet isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. We're going to be right here. Um, you have no idea what the effect of this planet may have on the animal you love so much. Mm-hmm. So is this for you or is this for your dog? And uh, saying I'd say these things in front of the rest of the bridge crew to, you know, put a little stank on it and just say, you know, everybody needs to be thinking about this. I may be addressing you captain directly, but you know, this is foolishness Mm -hmm. of going, going down there without, I mean, it's like people who, you know, you go, if you really go camping and there's a lake, and you see a ton of people, you know, diving into a lake without checking first how deep's the water. Mm-hmm. Are there other rocks, sunken mm-hmm. logs, stuff like that? And uh, it's like, no, you 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 know, you walk out there, you wade out there, you see how long it takes before the water is over your head. Okay, mm-hmm. hey, there's a rope swing here. How long has it been up there? <laughs> Yeah, you know, let let some other idiots go first and see if the branch snaps, and that you know you right. don't break your neck. It's like I've done that. I've seen stuff, and I go, yeah, I'm not doing that first. No. You guys are idiots. Um, and to really, it's like yes, we're we're here to explore, but if we die, we can't explore anymore. How how about you? How would you deal with our chair? Um, 
see, this is where I have a very different answer because having observed him for three or four episodes, I can tell that he is the kind of guy that wouldn't want to hear that from a woman in front of other people. Just like how to Paul mm-hmm. says it like he, I wouldn't that to him would be so deflating as a man for a woman to be like calling him out in front of his crew. So I'd probably be slap uh. him up back the head in private and be like, this is, you know, irresponsible you're you're acting like a child you're impatient we have all the time in the world this is dangerous for this reason bring the science bring the fact but i totally call him out on being late in front of everybody because that's the thing that is a little bit less mm-hmm. you know it's, it's a little minor thing it's like a little nitpicky thing and i think it's okay to just take it on the He's... chin as a nitpicking thing but when it comes to the big stuff like i just i just don't see him being i think he'd listen more to you as a man because that's the kind of care that's the read i get on him so far of his behavior I got gotcha. you. You know what I mean? I, I hear you. I, I wouldn't I take the job, would, actually. I, but... I wouldn't take the gig either. I don't think he'd listen either way. Yeah. I, would I think just, I would. I would be saying it for my own sense of peace of like, hey, I warned you. Yeah. If the day you I know? met him, he threatened to smack me upside the head, I'd probably not be interested in taking the job. I'd be like, I can go to the yeah, Enterprise, like, the next one going out. What's the second oh, ship going out? Oh, yeah. The NXO2. You know yeah. what? I might just do that because, yeah, they're, yeah. This is, uh, mm-hmm. I think we've all run into those dudes where you're like, you know what? Yeah. Okay. Peace out. I, <laughs> I, I gave you an option here yeah. just to be safe and you didn't take it. So out of pure stubbornness and spite, what I would do is I would turn, I'd get my medical degree and then I'd come back to be the doctor because the doctor can give orders to him. And <laughs> yeah. I want to find a way where I can have a rank above him and oh, I can like, go. that's what I would do. <laughs> I'm going to go to school and I'm going to get even smarter and I'm going to be a doctor that I'm going to order you to your quarters <laughs> all the time. I'm going to make up stuff. I'm going to make your life a living. <laughs> that's what I would do. <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes on certain things here for. Yeah. Um, our chair to, smile, to, man. to, to that, right. I just, like, Oh, it's a pig. Oh yeah. The so, attempts of the humor in the writing here also <sighs> fall flat and it just, yeah. because it just doesn't work. There's a way to like make that joke. And there's a way not to, he did it the wrong way. The right way would have been like, okay, everybody make sure you smile to Paul included. Like, do, yes. do, do. like that's the way of being yes. just like, Oh, I'm, I'm the goofy guy right now. I probably shouldn't say it, but it's harmless as opposed to like arm around or like, come on, smile. Like, oh, I'm going to noogie you. If you don't like, just right. don't touch me. Don't, especially because he knows her. He knows mm-hmm. that he's pushing her buttons. He's doing it on purpose because she's a Vulcan. They 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 tease her all the time, whether it's the food she's eating, you know, everyone's making such a thing about uh, how smells. can we make her even more uncomfortable? And it's like, come on, like yeah. it's like a sports team hazing the new kid on the team. And it's like, leave him alone. Like it's a it's a D move, most definitely. And uh <laughs> yeah, that's where it's like. That's where at times I would think, you know, Trip would go to his buddy, go, uh, you know, hey pal, let's uh let's let's dial that back. And how good was the acting in this for Connor and Jolene? I, I thought that they were amazing. I thought there was some great chemistry there. There was yeah. some good good storytelling there. There was great acting. Um I think that the two of them really shone in this episode and it was really exciting because having never really remembered the show and watching it, like he is coming out as such a big 
star in the show right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Those two play well off each other. They have a chemistry. There is a chemistry there. Most definitely. And, uh, yeah, Trip once again proves to be the most human character yeah. of just excited and then scared and then terrified and confused and trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. and not sure who to trust, but then believes in that trust and and does action to show that and then takes yeah. that stun shot. And I was like, Hey, for Tapal, I was like, good, shoot him. Just knock him out. I, yeah. I think that it says a lot about Connor Trenier as an actor that he can have, he's had chemistry with everybody he's, he's had a scene with, mm-hmm. which is, which says so much. And I really liked, even though they weren't in the scene, the conversation between Archer and him and Archer reminding him about, you know, just, he knew what to say. That's an order that respect that, that that was a good character development too, that there's something there that's really serious between the two of them. And there's a real respect for authority. And that's important to know about a character and to keep that in mind. So you can kind of use that for other storylines where you're like, I thought though that he would be, you know, those little nuggets of history about people I think are so good to keep. It's good. It, It once again, world builds. Yeah. So something that's uh, so so new of a series that yeah. I found a lot of series that, that try really hard the first season to mm-hmm. world build and are not always successful on it. Because like, you know, oh, the seventh or eighth episode in, you get someone's parent visits mm-hmm. or something that happened in episode one or two that you get a slight revisit eight or nine episodes later and go, there's there's not been enough time to build that and the only thing that fixes that is more time to build that yeah <laughs> and that's, exactly. a, that's a tough that's a tough one to do yeah but yeah all in oh, all man. it was a fun episode i it enjoyed was. it it was more nice th- to have something that kind of fueled my desire to keep watching there you go because it was yes. a rough start <laughs> <laughs> it is very i was like oh thank god more ghost stories any day any day i take it all right so that does it on our coverage on episode four, Strange New World. We will be back next time chatting about episode five, Unexpected, celebrating the 20th anniversary year of Enterprise. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or by heading to discoveringtrek.com. And where can folks find you on social media, Mr. Casey Shafsky? Well, usually at fan sets putting on a ton of stuff and talk to them about how great their things are, but mm-hmm. on, just on the Twitters, Casey yep. Shafsky, you can find me. That's about it. How about Perfect. you? You can find me at Trek Rewind on Twitter. You bet. Nice. Mm. Well, if you are enjoying what we're doing here on discovering Trek and the Trek geeks podcast network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you can get access to the unedited recordings of episodes as well as exclusive content and great subscriber rewards like annual supporter pins from Fansets or exclusive Trek Geek Podcast Network t-shirts. We'd like to thank everybody who's an amazing producer of Discovering Trek. We are incredibly thankful for your support. And those producers are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Ken Bird, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Al Godwin, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Tony Lambest, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, 
Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, Jess Vashon, and the senior producer of Discovering Trek, Jude Tatman. If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or even get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Next episode, we all will talk about unexpected. Until next time, Casey. Two to beam out, but don't make me a tree. (laughs) Bye for now. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.